Welcome back to another edition of the Hooper's Almanac. We've been off for a few weeks, uh, but the biggest news that has transpired since then is Damian Lillard is no longer a Portland Trailblazer uh, and all of the different things that have happened as a result of that. We've been waiting all summer for that news and it finally happened. Um, so we're going to be discussing that on today's podcast as well as wrapping up our conference previews. We finished the Eastern Conference, uh, but obviously, you know, this has some implications for the West as well. So we'll be talking about the bottom tiers of the Western Conference. That's the Pat and Cat class, newly named, my favorite name of all the tiers. And last and definitely least, the Kellogg class of the West, uh, which was kind of hard to figure out. We're, we're going to get to that as well. Um, so, yeah, talking Dame, talking the West uh, and the fallout of all that crazy trade. So um, good episode. We're happy to be back with you. Um, and hope, hope you're happy to have us back in your ears. So, um, here we go. All right, let's, uh, let's get going and bring in our friends from green top. We are back couple week hiatus here uh mitch the news we've been waiting for all summer finally happened uh damian lillard is a milwaukee buck drew holiday is a boston celtic yes officially impacting your team this this news broke we weren't together when the news broke the rumors were starting to happen that drew holiday was going to be a member of the boston celtic when we were there in nashville together celebrating logan ball's engagement nuptials prenuptials yes that's sure um <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what that means but we'll, we'll go with it. it it broke when you were driving back to to st louis and i was getting ready to to fly back to chicago so we didn't we haven't had a chance to really discuss this at length i think we've seen a few messages in our group chats you know things like that but I'll, I'll kind of recede the floor to you here just instant reaction before we dive into this more broadly when you saw that on sunday morning driving I think at that point you weren't that hungover, but driving no. after after a night out on Broadway in Nashville, what were your thoughts seeing Drew Holiday as a member of the Boston Celtics? Listen, listen. Put it very clearly. I got the notification on my phone that like popped up, and it was just a one line that said "breaking" and then said "Boston Celtics," and I'm like, "Did Kristaps Porzingis already get hurt?" And that's like that's the that was the oh. instant pain that I felt. And I was like, Susanna, you got to swipe down and look at this notification. And then she reads it off to me. And I I screamed like I was Susanna at Taylor Swift concert. I was very excited. It broke my heart. It broke my heart that we had a, one of my favorite players in Rob Williams. The man is an injury-prone man, but I still loved him with all my heart and soul. That, that will not be doubted. But... The fact that we got Drew Holiday is massive. I love it. And the fact that we got off Brog got Brogdon off the team, which it sounded like it was just a shit show after the whole failed trade with the Clippers and everything. So I'm happy it worked out this way. And that, like, sure, it would have been nice to have a little more depth. But honestly, I love what we got in return. The flexibility this lineup now has. Um, preseason game one against the Sixers, we saw the two big lineup of KP and Horford with Brown and Tatum and White with Holiday off the bench. Love that. Also, the op opportunities it brings for Horford to come off the bench and Holiday to start. So I love 
what this does. I love the fact that we now get more Peyton Pritchard in my life. I was already going to get it. Now I get more of it. And I also just love, I got to see just preseason games, of course. Just, so it's not a lot, but I, I get, I, I'm opening the floor to the idea that there, we have some bench guys, guys that have been proved that I have yelled at in the past, Lamar Stevens, um, that like, you know, <laughs> need to prove themselves. O'Shea Brissett is a guy who needs to prove himself and Sam Hauser needs to prove himself. Lamar Stevens and Luke Cornett, even this bench squad for the Celtics is a group of guys that are looking to prove how they can be re- like re- a resource for a championship team. And I am so excited for it. Truthfully, I was worried, but now I just see it as the, okay, who can like prove themselves this year on their like short-term contract for the Celtics. So I'm super excited. This, this Drew Holiday deal makes it great. And then, you know, Aaron, I mean, does it, does it truly solidify for you? And I think it does for me now. I, I think I'm moving the Cavs down the tier. Mm-hmm. I think just these two trades makes the, the Bill Russell class is so much more defined with the Bucks and the Celtics. Yeah. That I think the Cavs have to be moved in my on my side. I think the Cavs have to be moved down the McGrady tier because those two tr- the the big trade being the Dane to Milwaukee being the bigger deal and like that was like the thing we celebrated all, almost all weekend with in Nashville with Logan Ball being a Bucks fan. Like that was huge and like that solidifies right. their spot, of course. In the but it also. I think it goes into the fact that you were also worried. I mean, you also had the thought that if you went to the heat, you're like, this could move them up into the tier. And I still think they're sitting pretty in the, in the patent cat tier. So, yeah. well, I'm, I'm interested to see what you, what, what do you think of everything that went on? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of thoughts on what you said. Sure. I think the last point that you finished with the big picture point, I think is right. I, I think we initially talked about the Eastern Conference contenders. I had Boston and Milwaukee as my two contenders. You just had the Cavs onto that list. I think it's solely these two teams. I think at the added firepower, it's so clear. I think Boston probably has the best starting five in the NBA now. I, I think at the asterisk, the only argument you can make is Denver. Um, it's really that that weak link there with KCP and Horford kind of depends on what you think. Uh, you'd value more. I personally give the edge to the Nuggets just because I've seen that five work together sure. and the Celtics is completely new. Um, and you have more injury proneness and age concerns with Boston in that starting yeah. five. Um, but I mean, th- this is what Brad Stevens has to do, right? I sent you a tweet. Since Brad Stevens took over two off seasons ago, the only three remaining Celtics are the two Jays and Peyton Pritchard. Love it. He has absolutely cleaned house. He is like... He'd been waiting for years to like have this chance to do this. And he was like miserable about these certain players as a head coach, I'm sure. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I know exactly what I'm going to do when the opportunity is right. And he finally, you know, he has his team. Uh, This is the team he has wanted. And I think this team as currently currently constructed has the highest upside of any of the previous iterations of the Boston roster, maybe except for Kyrie Irving. Gordon Hayward pre-injury and what that roster could have been. I think right. that's a pretty fair comparison. But outside of that, like there's clear holes. And I think we can talk about the depth and the injury proneness and the age of some of these players. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is what you have to do. You have to put your team, if they're healthy, in the best position to win. Yeah. And I, I think that's what they did. I, I think, you know, 
if it fails, I think we're going to know exactly why. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, but I, I think this, this as currently constructed, Drew adds something that it, that it simply did not have. I think he's like the clearest comparison would be a Marcus Smart, but he's like two X Marcus Smart. Like it's yeah, as much as I'm sure you have a soft spot in your heart for Marcus. Like Drew is just light years beyond that. Well, it's what's the difference is the mentality that both these guys bring. We've seen Holiday in a lesser role. And Smart, I think, came into the league needing to be the bigger role. Like Holiday came into the league working with Iguodala on the Sixers. And then, like, he was kind of so he was like not number one guy. He was sometimes not even the number two guy. So he was the number three guy on those teams, those Sixers teams when he came in. And as he got further, as he has been in the league, he's kind of had to fit different roles. Whenever Iguodala left, he kind of became that number one guy for the Sixers. Then when he got traded to New Orleans, he was the second guy for Anthony Davis slash the third guy whenever they got bogey slash the fourth guy when Rondo came in. So it's like he didn't really need the – it wasn't like – it's not like he's been reliant with the ball in his hands. It's not like he's been the player who's needed to have the ball in his hands this entire time. That's what makes me excited about this team because – Last year, the Bucks with Middleton hurt for most of the season. He was their second option, and he is a viable second option. I think he's a great second option to have on your team, but I don't think he's a championship second guy on your team. And on this Celtics team, he might be the fourth best player on the Celtics team behind Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, if he's like he was last year, and ho- and then it's Holiday. Like, that's insane for him to be your fourth scoring option because one, it doesn't mean he has to create his own shot. Although stats will say he was not terrible at creating his own shot in like late shot clock situations, but also the fact that we can literally just use, he can be what we need him to be, be the stellar defender that he is with high. He's a high IQ player. Plus I kind of compare it to the fact of whenever the Celtics traded for Garnett, no eight, is a little different because Garnett being as big of a guy is much more of a defensive anchor, but holiday can be that exact thing. Like Garnett was a high mid 20, mid 20 score. Whenever he joined the Celtics from the Timberwolves, when he joined the Celtics, he was just below 20 points. Not that I'm expecting holiday to throw up 20 points a game. I'm expecting like 14, 15 a game, but still be the stellar defender that he is. And so I'm excited for that. The flexibility that this team now has on defense in just different ways makes me super excited. However, the issue still is who the fuck is going to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo? And like we've done okay jobs of that in the past, but does not change the fact that this man is still the issue of the East. And now that Giannis has Damian Lillard, it is ridiculous that that team is going to be super tough. And your Giannis stopper, Grant Williams, is out. Uh, Robert, I, can we call him a Rob time to time? Williams, just because he's almost like day to day, you know, I, I kind of like the uh, time, like time instead of time I, lord now. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that he's moved past your Boston Celtics, I think we can officially start crapping on him a bit more. There will be no crapping on Robert Williams. Listen, listen, we will. We can we can crap on Will Barton for the rest of our days. OK, okay. we can. Brad Wanamaker can deserve all the shit <laughs> I gave him forever. Nice. Semi Ojale can go to the Bucks and do nothing. That'd be great. No, but Robert Williams will always have the soft spot in my heart due to the fact that I traded every year whenever he was my third string center on 2K. I traded oh, every center in front again. of him. Every center <laughs> in front of him. And I made him <laughs> my starting Mitch's, center. Which is 2K Dynasty is making. Yes, sir. Here. Anyways, uh, done with that. But yeah, I, no, t- time to time, it, Williams is how I will refer to him. Uh, just as uh, I don't remember what I 
had referred to, oh, mask, uh, something about the mask with Ime, uh, because it was always half down and just not even oh, doing God. anything. Yeah. And then the chewing gum with Missoula. Uh, I think there's a few nicknames we could probably come up with with some of these Celtics guys. But the the thing that made this all possible for Boston is Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee and opening yeah. the door uh, for Portland to essentially say, you know what? We don't need Drew Holiday right now based on where we are as a franchise. We're going to flip yeah. him for even more assets. Dame in Milwaukee, I think, again, it's kind of been a two-sided discussion. Like, wow, this is amazing. Dame finally has like his best running mate he's ever worked with. Giannis has the best teammate he's ever had, like this shot creator who can space the floor. But also, like, they just lost one of the world-class defenders in the NBA for a guy who is a below average defender. And I feel like that's been kind of the flip side that again, similar to Boston, like, all right, the flip side of all these moves is they have reduced depth on the front yeah. line and increased entry proneness and increased age up there mm -hmm. for Milwaukee. Now you have to solve for not having a stud defender to help out Giannis and Brooke Lopez on the back line. So I don't know how to square that circle. I think it's kind of the, what comes with, having Damian Lillard on your team. I personally think the positives outweigh the negatives for them. Um, but what do you think on that kind of juxtaposition of those two, th those two items? Aaron, I, you know, you know how I gauge if someone's a good defender or not, like a perimeter defender or not. Quinn how Cook test. The Quinn Cook test. Damian Lillard cannot pass the Quinn Cook test. Yeah. Uh, he uh, apparently, apparently he's an improved defender. I guess he's been improving the past couple of years. Great. So instead of being one out of 10 times, he's stopping playing Cook. It's two out of 10. Congratulations. I'm a hundred years old. No, my point still is the fact that I, yes, there's my, my thing is Damian Lillard is a below average defender. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, I feel like his 2k rating is like a C plus on perimeter defense. Although 2k might have him a little higher just because 2k loves star players. Point still being, though, he is not a great defender. And the fact still is that, you know, you're right. You lose not only top-tier defender Drew Holiday, you're also lost a shit ton of depth. Like, you – I mean, as as much as we want to say, oh, my God, Grayson Allen is – you're losing Grayson Allen. I, I don't know why I went British there. But the still the point being is, like, that was one of the positions you were low on anyways. Your, your wings were something you struggled with. Now we're going to see a lot of Beauchamp this year, I guess. Yippee, hooray, hurrah. But I it like doesn't. Well, like you know what, then, Aaron, I'm proud of you. I'm glad you like him. But it, I, I, I worry about the defense. Like we, it's been mentioned. However, it's just can anyone stop the Bucks on the other end, though? Like right. that's where it just comes down to. Like Middleton, Giannis, and Dame is gonna be ridiculous. And also the fact that they have Brook Lopez to stretch the floor, anyways. Um, and then I guess we throw Pat Connington or Malik. Beasley um, at that two guard spot, or mm -hmm. if they want to just go big and just ruin everyone's day and throw Bobby Portis out there, and um, then there's no one to guard them. I uh, I worry for everyone's life, and if that moment comes, um, but I, I I would not be shocked if Adrian Griffin said, "Here, we're going to throw Middleton and Dame, Giannis, Portis, and Lopez, and say have at it." Although, and that's that's just where I think it's going to go. I think that we might see a little bit more of that this year, and that might cause me brain damage. What do you but What it, do you mean? Just them, them no, just playing a ton of minutes? No, I just think we. I think that'll be something he tests out a few times this year. Like that, that five together could oh, be with, just with 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 Portis in there. 
yeah, instead of like an actual like two guard, you move yeah. like Giannis back to like what he once was with like a ton small forward. Yeah, it's yeah. a ton of size. I guess the speed would be the only issue. But like it it's like basically can we run a two three zone and just say no right. one's getting anything in the paint? <laughs> yeah, that's just that, that's what it's I'm possible. Thinking. I mean, I don't think they have as much lineup flexibility as Boston does. Right. I, I I mean this is kind of the trade-off I feel like in the NBA. It's like, well, all right, your starting five is great, but your bench then sucks when you trade for these big pieces. And it's like, well, yeah, I, I think you kind of have to trade something. Uh, like, you're not only going to be able to trade picks. Teams still need actual players back um, right. to move and it forward. Turns, their- and it turns, and with the new CBA and everything, you got to actually move money to get money. So it's like, yeah, right. that's, that's a good point and, too. And and that's what we saw with the Suns deal too, because when they when they hopped in and said, Oh, great, we can get off the Aiton deal. Let's go trade him to Portland. So yep. it's it's just a whole because that's what had to happen. Like you couldn't just get Dame to Milwaukee. You had to throw in the extra pieces to get Aiton into Portland because then they mm-hmm. needed to replace the money that they lost. Congratulations to these three teams for figuring out the math. Cause I I spend hours like at work when I should be working doing this math. And it is probably my, like, I love NBA trade math. Like truthfully, that is like, that might be something that like, I want to get into It's just like trying to figure out if there's a job for NBA trade math, like, and be that guy. There you go. In the background. Well, I, I know there's those like GM camps and then everybody competes. And then there's all these, I don't know what, what age those typically look for, but um, that, that, that could be in your future. I mean, <laughs> back to this, point on the depth versus stardom i mean i think the case in point is the denver nuggets last year they really only had seven guys Mm -hmm. now i think it was a pretty solid seven i think i think and even at times christian brown became the eighth guy yeah in in the finals and in certain times in uh the western conference finals i think he had one good game as well but really they were able to win a championship with seven guys and five guys playing 40 plus minutes damn near uh absent Michael Porter Jr. who got benched at certain times. But yeah, I think that's, you know, we can talk about depth all we want. And I think that matters during the regular season. But at the end of the day, if these five guys for each of these teams, Boston, Milwaukee are healthy, they're going to be playing around 40 minutes a game in the biggest games. And they're going to be better than any other five guys that are out there on the floor that they're going to go up against. And this offense is going to be unreal. Like, can you imagine guarding a Damian Lillard Giannis pick and roll. I literally do not know how you how you defend that. You have to blitz Dame somehow and not allow him to like be able to pass the ball. But he's an underrated passer. Like he should be able to. And Giannis is huge and has such. He's like a tight end. He has such a huge catch radius yeah. that it doesn't take much for him to get the ball. So I just and he Dame himself opens up the floor a ton as a floor spacer, even if he doesn't have the ball. And then all of the issues that Milwaukee has had in the past with half-court offense are solved with Dane, especially in clutch scenarios. So mm-hmm. I think he's a huge problem solver for that offense. I think he might even be motivated defensively a little bit based on how much everybody's talking about that. Like, I think he could be average. I mean, it's not like he's Trey Young or Kyrie Irving out there. Like, I think he's a little bit better, um, maybe negligibly, but I, I don't think he's worse. So... You know, I, I think this team is a force to be reckoned with. It's really hard for me, Mitch, to kind of choose a favorite out of these two teams. I think they're really even and we need to see them play basketball together. It's it's really tough for me to say this from a you know preseason view. Yeah. But 
Um, do you have any lean which way or the other? I think they're really, really even. It, it's so tough because like if injuries don't matter, which it they do in the NBA, but if if we're saying you know everyone's healthy, injuries don't matter, I'm leaning towards Boston just due to the fact that I love their eight over Milwaukee's eight. And that's just where I kind of lean on that. So um I think that's I think that's really it though. But I mean, we can talk the Suns. Congratulations on getting Grayson Allen and Yusuf Nurkic. And then who else did they get? Some other Portland player. Keon. No, it wasn't Keon. Ton of, ton of bench guys, basically. Yeah. Rotation depth. And they finally parted ways with DeAndre Ayton. And we'll kind of talk about the Blazers situation going forward with Ayton. But he's kind of got a chance to reset his career, right? Um, and put up stats and on a bad Portland team. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I think it makes the most sense for Phoenix this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw since we're not really going to talk about Phoenix uh, in the next segment, since we're all focused on the bottom of the the West. I don't know if you saw their little preseason highlights or watch that game at all. I didn't watch nope. the game. I saw some highlights, sure but it's that. like, it's crazy watching Beal, Booker and KD work together. It's still a lot of ISO ball right now. Sure. And that's what it very well could be in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see what Vogel ends up drawing up if any plays who's the facilitator it seemed like Beal was kind of the facilitator so far um but I was just thinking man imagine being a role player on this team like you are not touching the ball it is from all I saw it's like swing to the other star let them cook swing to the next star let them cook for a bit see who's open like it's going to be tough uh to be a role player on that team like you're going to have to really hit your shots after being iced out for minutes at on end and really yeah. lock in defensively. I, I think you can say that for a lot of really good teams, but this team, especially like, it's not like it's Denver where Jokic and Murray and other guys are getting the whole team involved and moving the ball around or those old Spurs teams. Like this is a very unique um, ISO heavy basketball with three stars. I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. It's, it's going to be hard to guard those guys one-on-one, but, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to bear fruit in, in the playoffs if their role players are getting iced out. So that's one uh, one thing to keep your eye on for sure. For sure. Definitely agree. But it it does not change. The, it does. If they are playing that ISO heavy basketball, I worry about their sustainability with it, too, just between the three of them. But that's a topic for another day. And maybe we talk about it next week with our three experts we're having on. Um, great point. I think we're done with the East though, right? Let's do it. Yeah, we're done with this whole trade. Let's let's hit the West. Let's hit the West. Let's take a quick break and then we're gonna go into our two final two tiers of the of our preseason preview. Preseason preview, I guess that works. Our season preview. I guess there it's you just go. the season preview. We don't do a preseason preview. Season preview. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. And before I jumbled up my words there before the end of the last segment. Um, this is the end of our season preview. I'm going to say that right this time. Season preview, Pat and Cat tier. I'm going to forever hold on to that fact that I came up with that name and I'm just going to run with that forever. You came up with the Pat side. That was your Pat hold tier on. was last year. Pat and Cat tier just was so necessary for this year. Um, Pat, and this is relevant because Pat Beverly is already taunting folks in preseason. So he's he's a unique character when it comes to the moment and behavior. And this could not be more aptly named. I hate that he's on Philly. I hate that he's on Philly. It's actually really perfect. <laughs> I 
hate it. And it's going to bother me the entire season because I have to deal with him and Embiid freaking all year. All right, not the point. And then finally, our Kellogg class to finish off the Western Conference. Um, We kind of, listen, we might have taken two weeks off, but damn it, did we time this perfectly before we do our over-unders next week. Um, And so that's what we've, a little preview for next week. We have a little, we have an over-unders pod with the three, the three people that have most often been on this podcast, I feel like, over the past year. So we're excited to have them on too. But Aaron, I'm going to have you start us. Let's actually, you know, let's start here. Let's do a quick rerun yep. of your top six in your Western Conference that leads into the play-in. Yep, I can do what that. Do and I can I can hit on who you got as well, because I think there's really only one difference here. Um, yeah. So you and I both have the Nuggets, the Suns, the Lakers, the Kings, the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And then we have one difference here. You have the Memphis Grizzlies. I did. And I have the Golden State Warriors. And, sure do. and those are those are our six there. So I assume the one difference is probably coming in these next four, but I don't know. Maybe you'll be really down on the team I have, and maybe I'll be really down on the team you have. Well, can we just answer the question now? Do you have the Grizzlies in your plan? I do. I have okay, them in I my have, graded class. And I have the Warriors in my graded class. I don't right. think we need to go super into those two teams, no, though. I, I think, think we kind of hit on I think we kind of hit on that then. I'm going to have you nail because where do, well, actually, where do you have the Grizzlies in the migrate in the uh, Pat Cat here? I have met the top just as a Seven. pure respect play for how good they have been in the regular sure. season. I think obviously, Jaw, you know, is, is the question mark there. But in general, this team has been a rock star regular season team without Jaw. I think they continue to be that uh, to some effect. I think the seventh seed is, you know, a fair fair assessment for them. And I think you had them maybe six or five. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're anywhere in that range. If they're at the bottom of the plane, I, I would be a bit more surprised. Yeah. I had them at six because I had, we both had Minnesota at five and we were both very shocked by that. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, having Marcus smart and having like having whatever's left of Derek Rose to kind of run your show while jaws out huge there. Yeah. Crazy, right? Um, like his sixth team. I need to do that yeah. math in a second here in my head. But yeah, it's still. I think it's a good, so like a good band aid to have for the first twenty five games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not your off brand shitty band aid. You're getting the real thing for that one. Um, <laughs> and then for the Warriors, I it's for me. It's I worry that age is getting to them. I I know they have one of the best chemistries in all the NBA, and so I'm not. It's not that I'm worried about. It truthfully is the age and then some of the offseason acquisitions. Like I personally, I love Dario Sarge. I think like that is like the perfect guy to have on that as a backup center on this team. Cause he's not going to like call for the ball all the time, but if you need him to like be like a spot up shooter outside, he can't do that for you. He rebounds. Well, he's not going to be defender. He will not defend. Well, he will be below average at that. Um, but I, I think losing DiVincenzo hurts as weird as that sounds. And I'm still down a little bit on that Chris Paul trade. Uh, I've, I've come back to being down on it. My, my heart wants to whip around on this trade like every other thing. Um, but it, it it's right currently on the, I'm not such a big fan of it. So that's just where I'm at with it. And I think there was another report. Uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but something to the effect of saying Chris Paul is going to be playing more in crunch time with the starting five or playing more alongside the starting five um 
And I, I think there were rumors that he would kind of be leading the bench unit. And I think he might at times. I just think that's going to be a really awkward fit that we're going to see how it plays out. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I think we're both kind of lukewarm on them, which I think is the right place to be. Uh, yeah. And so do you have them seven? I do. Yeah. Okay. Still at seven. And it's because of the fact that they won the finals literally two years ago. And then last year, the when Cavani, Cavani Looney gets hurt, you're, you're done for against the Lakers in that sense. So I'm not yeah. holding that against them. All right. That was a weird series. Steph Very was weird. Burnt, burnt out. Well, yeah. I mean, he had to literally carry them through the Kings, which was crazy. Um, yeah. All right. Aaron, do we finally get your boner team in this in this in this division in this tier? Uh, you know what, Mitch? Um, it has been since deflated. So, oh, okay, cool. So we're not going to worry about them. All right. So let's yeah, then not, not here. I mean, it was okay. they were typed, they were deleted, they were retyped and deleted <laughs> again. Uh, there were some, you know, definitely moments of blue balls and close apexes that weren't weren't finished. Um, but eventually, you know, we just set them aside and say, you know what, we're going to go back home to our wife and and calm down a little bit on them uh, and and focus on some other teams in the Western Conference. So, uh, uh, no, we do, we do not need to focus on them in, in this part. OK, so then let's hit, hit me with another team that's in the, I mean, this tier. OK, uh, you know what? This might be a semi controversial one against the grain. You wouldn't think it just by saying the name here, but I think a lot of folks are down on them. Interested to hear what you think. The Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I, I think they reside in this tier for a few reasons. Well, one, they were really actually kind of competitive with the Phoenix Suns last year in the playoffs. People forget before Kawhi Leonard was hurt and that was without Paul George entirely. Um, Russell Westbrook did not look terrible on this team. I think he's like somewhat of himself again, which is interesting because the last two years we just saw a complete shell of himself. And the other thing is this could potentially have the upside of having a James Harden, a motivated James Harden, I would imagine, in L.A. Um, I love Terrence Mann. It seems like he's kind of the piece that's been floating around there. So I'd hate to lose him for this team. But, you know, I think there's a lot of upside here, too, with with the Clippers potentially landing Harden um, and the star power that could mean. The other thing that was kind of intriguing me about this point is how are the new resting rules going to impact this team in particular? Yeah, that's what I've seen. I've seen quotes about Kawhi being excited about this rule. Um, I don't know if that's blowing smoke and he's just trying to appease people and not like, you know, get quoted and put on blast for saying, you know, he's been purposely resting unnecessarily, things like that. Sure. But if they are motivated and like on the court more, meaning Kawhi and PG, this is an awesome team. Like the reason they have not been good and reaching their what the potential we thought they could be when this team was formed is because they have not been on the court. So if they can stay again, it's always if they can stay healthy. But even if you have more games together in the regular season, they're going to be better. So that's another unlocked potential I have here with with the Clippers and kind of why I have them at eight. Let's see. Okay, so you have them at eight. Yep. Okay, I have them at nine. Okay, and I do have them because of one the rule itself, the resting rule. Because yeah, if they're not hurt. I love this team, like really do. And I, you're right about Westbrook. That's the that's the key to this whole cog is I think they figured out Westbrook near the end of the year with Paul when Paul George was running with him, and even when Kawhi Leonard was running with him. I think that's such a key thing to bring up. I do 
I will continue to weirdly like this team's depth outside of this guy named Marcus Morris that's on his on their team. Um, that that guy can uh, that guy can find Ku can go back to Ku and just stay there and stay in that shithole called Lawrence. Um, but I think this team is just got the depth to keep up with some teams and yeah, it's got the star power to keep up with teams too. Um, so, and if there's games where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are out, there's this guy named Russell Westbrook on your team who literally will go balls to the wall for every, any, for every game. So I, uh, we could see some retro, uh, some throwback rust games. I feel like this year too. So I, uh, I'm excited, but yes, I also do have them as the eighth seed and it, and it, and it makes me happy that you also have them up there. Yeah, it was one I struggled with. I I immediately kind of dis disowned them, and I was like, you know, do we have to do this again with the Clippers? Like, mm-hmm. they're everybody's preseason darling. They're always so high in the odds, and I think last year they were like second or favored to win the West behind the it was, Suns. It was up there. Um, and so you know, they're not that caliber of a team anymore. I think, but I think they should be a playoff team. Um, with upside, plus, you know, we'll see. Plus, with uh, Mizzou, uh, Mizzou's own Kobe Brown. Hopefully, hoping he gets minutes this year. It's going to be tough to find minutes. They are loaded with wings, but yeah, you know who knows. Injuries open up things and weird regular season nights. I, I would be wouldn't be surprised if you know he's running on a random Wednesday league pass night. You know, uh, at ten thirty on the West Coast, we're tuning into Kobe Brown in the third quarter. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. We'll have to tune into some Clippers games, some late nights Clippers game. We'll have to yep. tune into for sure. Um. Okay. Love it. Love the pick. Um, Man, I feel like we both have this team, but I'm going to just going to rip them, rip through it. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. They're my eight seed, baby. I have them as eight. Um, Evan, the our, my brother, Thunder fan. Married man now. Um, but he uh, has... He threw out the question to us, like, what is their peak? Like, what is their ceiling? What is the Thunder ceiling this year? And I think most of us said, like, a five-seed or six-seed um, and hovering around high 40 win total. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. And so if that's their ceiling, then I love what their middle ground is. I love the middle ground that this team can run with, especially if they – with this team actually having a center or just having a player over the height of six eight playing consistent basketball for them, huge. Um, so Chet Holmgren playing for them is massive. I love the the continuous jumps that these players on this team makes. Like I love how much we've seen Shea grow. Giddy continues to grow each year. Dort has kind of found his role with this team. Like it's not that he needs to be the high power scorer, but if there's nights where like Giddy's not doing his thing, Dort's like, okay, I'll hawk it for you. And then you got Jalen Williams who's coming into his second year. J Dub, not J Will, J Dub is uh, going to be huge for this team. I love that they can run the small, like they're going to run like a college lineup. They're going to run four wings and then Chet Holmgren out there as their starting lineup. And that makes me super excited. So I love this team's ability to get out and run with teams. Mark Diagnol has always been like a defense first of coach. And that's what this team has shown over the past few years. And that's what makes me excited because this team has been able to prove that last year, whenever they were successful and made the play in, and so I just think they make one step further into that play-in spot. And so it gets me excited for this team. Yeah, they're, again, a really popular team this offseason, it seems like. They were so fun to watch last year, so spunky, had yeah. a chance to, you know, they were in the play-in last year. And I think that was super above expectations with SGA kind of being in fringe MVP guy. 
Um, and now you add Chet Holmgren, you have another year of growth for Jalen Williams. I think Josh Giddy had a huge jump in year two. Great shooting um, jump. Yeah, that especially. I think the, the thing that the few things I get worried about this team, other than the fact that everybody and their mother is on them, <laughs> sure, uh, probably going to be betting their season win total over. Probably going to be betting them to, you know, long shot to win the finals. You know, they are going to be the favorite bet of the, uh, you know, the casual NBA fan who uh, is excited about this young team. Besides that, two factors. One, the absence of any sort of veteran presence sure. on this team. And two, the lack of shooting. Sure. Three-point shooting has been an issue for this team the last couple of years, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Joe is awesome. I think Jalen Williams is a good shooter. Josh Giddy is much improved. Chet can space the floor, but like really, you know, you don't have a specialist outside of Isaiah Joe who you can rely on. I think they they could use a few more guys. I think they have Davis Bertans as well. They picked up in the offseason. Mm-hmm. He falls into that specialist category as well. You know, from a shooting percentage, he definitely qualifies as a good three point shooter. I'm a little bit hot and cold on on my opinions of davis bertans very cold Uh, very cold over here so you know i don't necessarily know if he's the answer but the veteran presence i think is something that'll be you know kind of missing here like even on and not that they're really even close to being the nuggets but the nuggets had last year those kind of those vets who didn't even really play a role on the day to day. They had the DeAndre Jordans, the Ish Smiths. Jeff Green was actually playing. So like he's an he's an answer there. But Oklahoma City doesn't have any semblance of that. I would like to see a few more vets here. They actually had Patty Mills through a trade and they released him at some point. I think that would have been a, I think that was a mistake. You know, how many times can Oklahoma City trade for assets and release them and just <laughs> collect draft picks? I mean, at a certain point, I think it's helpful to have some of these vets in the room for these young guys. Um, obviously, these young guys are talented and have proven last year they can win basketball games. But when it comes to making a difference in the playoffs, when it comes to really competing with the top levels uh, in the in their conference, you need those voices. You need those guys who've been there before. So um, I think that's a missing piece. Maybe if they're good enough, they can make some moves at the deadline. So that's just a little bit of, you know, water on the fire here of the Oklahoma city thunder. I'm still on them. I still have them in this class with you. I'm right there. I have them at nine, Um, but I don't, I think we're a little too eager to kind of crown this team as the next big thing. Um, I think there are still a few, few gaps here that we need to solve for. So you're not wrong about the shooting. Um, they only had two guys who shot over five attempts from three last year. And it was uh, Isaiah Joe and Lou Dort. Um, and Joe was their best three-point shooter by far. I mean, he shot 40% from three, which is great. Um, but when they are a different team due to the fact that Shea almost refuses to shoot three sometimes. But yeah. he's, it, it's he's kind unique. of, it is very, yeah, unique is the right word for it. But I one thing I love about this team is that their starting five has five guys who can handle the ball. They have five guys in that starting lineup who can bring the ball down and like run, not run the offense. They have three guys in like Jalen Williams, Giddy, and SGA who can run that offense, maybe even Chet too. But like the other thing is just the IQ. And you're right. The the missing pieces for this team is like that veteran. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, like, I guess Rudy Gay is just becoming dusty old and just passed around like he's nothing. But still, I think that's another guy you could have thrown in there, too. I think that was mm-hmm. another piece they could have kept around. Yep. Um, don't forget Oladipo, though. He is there. Victor Oladipo is there. Um, yeah. I can't what, believe he's 31. But, man, it's I don't know. I don't know if he would qualify as that. Pro- I, nothing against Oladipo, but I, I don't think he would qualify as kind of that that guy uh, who's leading a locker room. But m- maybe I just don't know anything about who Oladipo is. But I mean, he did. Really, he, had a, he hasn't been he had, on the court for years, man. Yeah, I guess he played like I don't know how many games last year with the Heat and a few. Yeah, games. It, yeah so Consistent. it has been yeah. right. Yeah, that's a good point. But that being said, still, I think the. The tactic this Thunder team has is pretty much just get a bunch of guys who can handle the ball and who have an IQ, like who have a great basketball IQ. And I think that's what this team has been growing on. A lot of projects like Usman Jang. I mean, you saw it with Poku over the past few years. And let's not forget, Poku was good before he got hurt last year. Like, I will stand on a bridge and be the only one shouting it with my brother. But I still, there were moments last year when I was like, is Poku good? And truth, truth be told, he was. But I, I am excited to see how this team plays. I'm glad you also have them in this tier. I think, yes, I don't think this is like a team that could for sure. It, of course, they're, they're my playing for a reason, but I don't think this team is for sure in the playoffs. But I do think that they make some noise. I think they cause some issues for some like top tier teams. And they might fuck around and win a round or two like in, in, the, in that first round and just screw up some team's chances. Like I think... We're going to find out a lot about this team in the early goings, and then we can kind of see if we're right or wrong there. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, they're going to be pesky. We know they give effort. Um, and Shea finally is playing. You know, he's playing a high volume of games, and that's been a huge difference. Obviously, the, the training wheels are off. The tanking wheels are off. I guess you could use another <laughs> word for it as well. Another T word. Um, yeah, I mean, this this will be a really exciting team. I mean, for all, all the, you know, sort of, devil's advocate points I made. I'm really excited to watch this team. So um, yeah, looking forward to discussing them more on the, the over-unders podcast because uh, it's going to be tough to find one of us who's betting the under. I, I think we're all really high. On this uh, I would say we're all over on this one. I don't even have to talk yep. to them. So, um, okay. I'm both. Wow. Okay. So we have, we have the same nine. I mm-hmm. just would be shocked if we have the same 10. Well, you know, it's not my New Orleans Pelicans. I sure do. And it's not. I also was going to be. I wanted to let you know they're also not there. So who is your number 10, Aaron Carter? You're not going to like me after this match. I'm I'm about to throw my mic. I'm about to throw it. It's it's those teams down in in the, the state with no state tax. Is it the fucking horse? The horses. The Dallas horses. The the Dallas Mavericks are number 10. Can we just take a step back and realize this team has like two of the best offensive players in the NBA? Sure, we and can do that. Also that we they added some helpful defensive pieces around them. And Grant Williams, for all the shit we give him, he's a helpful defensive piece. Derek Lively, for as much as a project I think he is, he's a great rim protector. Olivia Max Prosper from Marquette, I think is a nice Jay Crowder type player. Dorian sure. Finney-Smith type player. Yeah. Um, Tim Hardaway was hurt basically all last year. They're getting him yeah. back. The growth of Jaden Hardy. I don't think this team is as bad as it was last year. And just betting on regression for Luka Doncic 
Like how many years can this man go under 40 wins like he did last year? I just sure. think he's got to be right around that plan. I mean, even if we're not high in them, I think 10, the 10 seed is a failure for that, for those guys. I mean, I think most people are expecting them to be soundly in the playoffs based on what their win total projection is based on how people are talking about them. So I think 10 is still kind of a indictment on who this team is. I just think to, leave them out of the plan. They're way too talented to be left out of the plan. And I think if Kyrie, you know, I, I think let's, let's, let's see, it's kind of a blank page with Kyrie. Is he going to try this year? Is he not? You don't really know, but Luca alone, like I think Luca gets you 35 wins and I, I like their pieces around him. Uh, it, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I think 10 seed Dallas Mavericks is, is a fair, fair um, assessment. One of Grant Williams' issues with playing for the Boston Celtics was that he didn't feel like he was a big enough piece on the team. You think that's going to be the same game? You don't think that's going to be the same case as fucking Dallas? I don't know what we're He's doing. He's going to be starting. Sure. I don't doubt that. But you he think this starting man- in, He wasn't starting in Boston. And guess what? Who talks more than Luca? Luca's going to love Grant. Grant's going to be talking shit to Devin Booker and all of those other guys that Luca hates with. He's going to be backing him up. Luca's going to like, I mean, he's probably going to dislike him at times too. Don't get me wrong. But like I think he's kind of going to like the energy. I listen, you know what? You know, you know what? You might, you might be onto something there. They might bring the similar kind of energy. I think I, I, I will, I will agree with that. I cannot in good conscience, just bet on a team like to do well. That has a guy named Kyrie Irving on their team. And truthfully, I, you're right. There is some great, like I think they're great. They're good additions. Like when it comes to Hardy, we're looking. Hardy is looking for growth, um, especially even with Josh Green as well. Yep. Um, we're looking at. I like Josh Green a lot. Yeah. I do. I do love Josh Green. Um, Hardaway to me is is a little older than uh, than I would I would like my uh, reliable three and possible D. Like I th- I don't think. I don't think Tim Hardaway passes the Quinn Cook test more than four times, maybe five, maybe five. Um, but Grant Williams is a great, I is a good addition for a team. Plus, it gives him the opportunity to grow, um, which you know, good for Grant. It truthfully is, what the fuck are we doing at center? And like, are we really just relying on young pieces to just really run our our? It just it bothers me, and I don't want to like back that yeah. team. And it's also comes down to the fact that yes, you have Kyrie and Luca to score, but they're not stopping anyone. They are not stepping. They're not. They're on defense. They're not stopping anyone. So that's that's one thing I worry about. You're gonna have two of the best clutch players coming down like stretch of games. You're gonna have two great options to go to at the end of games, but you're not gonna be able to stop the other team, the other team on the other end of the floor. So that's just kind of what I worry about. I, I also, I also, I am high on Jason Kidd, like first first coach fired, like that Ooh. that that would be a bet I've placed during this offseason. That should be something we come up with for next week too. But that's Jason Kidd. First coach fired would be something I would bet on. It goes south uh, quick. And I mean, how many years yeah. has he been there now? I think this is year three or four. 
See, that's just crazy, though, because before last year, we're like, oh, my God, look at the job Jason Kidd did on defense. He turned around this team. They made the Western Conference finals run. And that's just Kyrie Irving. He's like a nuclear weapon on these franchises. It's just like Parker. It's like we've been saying it for years. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, he just goes in and everything, everything is destroyed. Um, That would be tragic because I do think Jason Kidd is a good head coach. And that's the other thing is like. Jason Kidd's calling card is kind of the defensive scheme. Yeah. If anybody's going to figure out this team, I think it's probably him, Frank Vogel, you know, those types of names. Um, So I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what Jason Kidd can have with the full offseason of prep. I mean, Kyrie Irving came into the season at the 11th hour and everybody expected them to figure it out, you know, and except for us. But everybody was like, oh, my God, this offense, they're going to put up 150. Well, I was like, yeah, well. You and I were saying they're going to allow 160, so it might not really matter here. Um, Let's see a full offseason. I trust in Jason Kidd. I think you're right. If it goes south, they probably pull Trig. But, man, I I don't know. Like, he's a good coach. I I think he's proven that. I I don't wish it on Jason Kidd. It just, with the expectations for a Luka Doncic-led team, you better be doing well to start the season. That's just kind of where I'm at with it. Um, okay. So I'll say this. They're my 11. They're my first team on my Kellogg class. So they did not round out my. Okay. Um, I, I did not expect you to have them in here, but good. I'm glad. I'm glad you, I'm glad you foresaw that. As he's going. The Utah jazz. Oh, I thought you were going to shock me with the reversal of having the birds of prey, the New Orleans Pelicans up here Can't, as well. Was... Could not, could not expect me to put on a team with, no, couldn't do it. So, little history lesson for the people um, who who don't who, who know who don't know me. Big Boston Celtics fan over here, um, massive guy named Will Hardy used to be an assistant coach for the Boston Celtics. Um, was an assistant coach under Brad Stevens, whole thing. Um, Brad Stevens, first year when he was with Boston, didn't make the playoffs. Will Hardy, but guess what? That Celtics team did try their damnedest to make it. They were right there. I think they were like 11 or 12 seed. What was the Jazz last year? They did. Oh, no, they didn't make the playoffs either. This team tried their damnedest to make the playoffs last year. Boy, did they try. And did they have to tank? Boy, did they have to tank near the end of the year just to make sure they got a good play, a good uh, pick in the draft. I love this team, and I hate I say, I hate saying that. I love Walker Kessler. I love Laurie Markinen. I I won't say that I like Obaji because he's a KU guy, but de- deep down in places where I don't talk to people, I do like Obaji. I like Jordan Carson, MU baby, MIZ. Uh, but this team is incredibly well coached they have the great schemes they know what they're doing and i am super stoked for just how well this team could be how good this team can be this year um because i also love taylor hendricks i love that pick um from ucf he's a stretch he's a stretch wing who's gonna light it up from outside he was probably the best shooter in the entire draft john collins is a was a weird pickup for them but i almost love it way too much i love it way too much um and then um, Aaron, they got our favorite center, our favorite third string center. Um, our good boy, Omer Yurt Seven, um, is just yes. chilling there on the bench. Big Yurt, big, God, big Yurt, baby. Um, so I am, 
I am high on this team, and I love Keontae George too. Like he's going to throw up forty in a game they this year. Had a good draft. They had a good they, draft. I mean, I think they filled a lot of holes, especially with George as a ball handler. Yeah. Um, I I thought that the Taylor Hendricks pick was a, an interesting one because they already have a lot of size. Sure. At that wing three four position with Markinen, that it's like all right, it's kind of another Markinen here is the upside play. But, and then they added Collins. It's like, all right, hold on. What are you guys doing here with this, this weird position? Um, I think that what they're doing though, is they, I think I'm not expecting Hendricks to start. He's going to be their bench no. guy for, but I think what they do is they have interchangeability now. Like when one of them's on the bench, Oh, let's throw Hendricks in there. Oh, the other guy's on the bench. Cool. Let's throw Kelly Olenek in there just to also be like our small ball center mm-hmm. to also, he also constructs the floor. That's what I love about this team because Walker Kessler could go win defensive player of the year this year. Like also like my, that's another, if, if I was doing, I don't know what the odds are on that. Probably should look that up before the pod, but like Walker Kessler defensive player of the year odds would be crazy. Um, it, the, the worry is, am I going to have to live and die by the fact that Colin Sexton is my starting point guard? That, that will be, yeah. that will be the, uh, the weirdness of it all. Um, or is Keontae George just going to start for him? I doubt it's going to be that. I'm sure it'll be them. Uh, it'll be Sexton. Um, there, are, of course, there's some worries here with this team, but it's fun. This is a fun team. I, I think this team will be. Uh, Trap. Uh, this team could be hectic and like could wreck some teams. I, I, I compare this to like the Thunder. This team could wreck some teams just like throughout the regular season and win some unexpected games. Like they. They have the size to like kind of compete with like Denver. Like, not that they not saying I'm not saying they're better than Denver. What I am saying though is that they have like some guys that they can throw at Jokic. They have guys that they could. They're structured to compete. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. more so size. Size. Their size. Walker Kessler is 19th right now in odds at plus 2,500 to win defensive player of the year. Huge favorite is Evan Mobley at plus 600. Um, it's not bad value. It's not it's, bad value at all. I put five bucks on that. I'm winning. I'm winning a, a hell of a lot of money there. Yeah. Five bucks wins you a hundred and 125 there. Um, don't hate that at all. Not, not bad ROI. Yeah. Um, this team is interesting for me. I think the biggest thing is it's twofold. One, are they going to be sneaking up on teams this year? Cause they certainly did last year. I think this right. is the classic sports radio talking point. Well, people are going to see them coming. And I think, I think most of that is bullshit. Um, but I think there's some element to that with a young team of just like, all right, everybody right. in the in, in the regular season, especially like it's easy to kind of catch teams sleepwalking into, into Utah on a, on a Wednesday at 1030. Um, I don't know why I've used that Wednesday at 1030 twice, Nor but do I, this is just a sleepy time for me, I guess I'm just having a whiskey and on league pass texting you guys about what I'm watching, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to catch teams off guard in that building uh you know not much happening in salt lake uh, let's just put it put it nicely there um yeah. that is that is one question are are they going to be taking teams by surprise do they have that same level of urgency that they did last year two it's their guards i i think this is what i'm concerned about jordan clarkson is what had a pretty good season he's been good now for a few years we love him as, as a mizzou grad but he's really streaky um, and he's not necessarily a facilitator uh, with the ball. He's more of a, I'm going to come off screens and play some nice ISO. Colin mm. Sexton at times did not win the trust of Will Hardy. He came off the bench quite a bit last year. 
Um, and so they're kind of betting on Keontae George to really kind of come into the fold here pretty quickly and start to play valuable minutes. And also Chris Dunn, who they brought on in a short-term contract last year, actually played really well toward the end of the season. Maybe he he was a former lottery pick, you know, out of Providence. They kind of flamed out earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has a resurgence. Like they're they just have a lot of bullets in the chamber and they're trying to hope to stick. I just I just don't think those guards are a for sure thing. Um, so we'll see. Um, I like their draft overall. I like marketing a lot and Kessler. I think you're on the same page with me, but um, th- those guards have to get figured out. And then two, just with how deep the West is, you know, I, I think this team is going to be a known commodity coming into this year. Yeah, I will say the. My my reply to the whole Carson thing last year was his best, like facilitating year. Like he learned how, I think under the Hardy situation, he was averaging just about four and a half assists last year, which was definitely his career high. So I think just, I think when you find your role and you agree to a mold like that, a team is like the jazz, I think that's just what you kind of have to do. You're, you're going to fit in that kind of position. So um, I am excited though for this team, but, and that's why I have him at the 10 seed. Um, they also had 43 games of Mike Conley last year that helped them a lot earlier in the year uh, True. That, they, that we will not have. Uh, Conley was awesome <laughs> for both Minnesota and for Utah last year. So that's true. I, that, I, I did think I did. Th- you're, you're absolutely right about that. Um, okay. We fit the, we finished the patent cat here. Wait, yep. question. Where do you have the jazz in your, in your catalog tier? I have them at 12. I have okay. them right behind my horny pelicans at eleven. Um, okay. Yeah. So not down on the Jazz. I just don't think they're a, a playing team. Totally fine. And I have the Mavericks at eleven, and then I had the Pelicans at twelve. So you had the Pelicans at eleven. God. Yep. Is this just because we can't fucking trust Zion Williamson? Yeah, that and honestly, it's been the injuries uh, yeah. that have kind of hurt them in the off season. Like. I am a huge, huge believer in Trey Murphy. Uh, hmm. He took an awesome jump last year from a shooting perspective. I think he was over well over 40%. Um, he started to do stuff with the ball as well. I was really expecting a, another jump from him this year. Um, and then obviously you have the question mark with Zion. It's like he's got to be due for a good year again, right? At some point. So I just with Trey Murphy, I think he actually really, really matters for this team. Hmm. Uh and so I, with him out, basically the majority of the season, it sounds like right now, ten to twelve uh, weeks I, at least. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't really be super high on this team. Um, I think with him, their depth is awesome. Without, uh, it gets a little bit shaky. They just, they don't have a lot of shooting behind him. I mean, they drafted Jordan Hawkins, who I really like out of UConn. He's kind of their replacement level guy there, um, but he's going to be asked to do a ton now. Um, yeah. So. It was just the combination of Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, potentially Jordan Hawkins. Mm. Um, those three guys on the wing is just like to have those as role guys is sweet. So, um, yeah, mostly mostly because of the Zion question as well as the injury. Do we see the jump from Dyson Daniels this year? You know, is he going to get minutes? I think if he gets minutes, I think it's really possible if if this ro- I mean, this roster around him is awesome. Uh, right. And if he's all he's asked to do is be a facilitator and he has the height to be a really unique one, Six, eight that can see the floor. Um, 
he could potentially be a really nice lob passer, just given how close he is to the hoop and his court vision. So with a Zion, with an Ingram, with a McCollum around him, I think if he's able to play the point a little bit more, I don't see why not. It just seemed like last year, Willie Green wanted CJ McCollum to be the point guard. So I, I don't know if that's going to continue uh, to be a trend. CJ is getting older. I think he definitely fell off last year in terms of his play. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of do a phased approach there. Um, I, I'm excited about what Daniels can be because we really haven't seen a whole lot. And that's where like I, I'm at right now. Like there's a, it seems as a team of potential. Yeah. And however, we've said that for four years now, three or four years now. And so I think I'm tired of saying they're a team of potential. I'm not trusting the process anymore for the Pelicans. And so, you know, if they could find the, if they could finally leave the coop, that'd be great. But I, I don't expect them to uh, be the snatching. Thing is, fish is if Zion's them. healthy, they're like instantly a contender. They're, it doesn't matter sure. what's happening. Like they're instantly a contender. They were the number one seed in the Western Conference through December last year. And then everything went to shit uh, with injuries. So, again, what key role players hurt, but like if Zion is on the court, this team is so hard to guard. So I don't know. It's it's a big big question mark. So I think we're right to have them have them out of the out of the uh pat and cat class as well as the McGrady class here. But don't be surprised if they're all of a sudden in playoff contention if Zion's in. What's shocking to me is the fact that we don't have the number one picks team in here. We neither of us had the Spurs this high. And that leaves us with the two Texas teams and the team that that was a part of the the massive trade, which puts again the bottom three teams of the West back in the bottom three. Yeah, we're going chalk here with the bottom. Uh, it's just it's tough to find. I mean, and I really like these teams. Like looking at their rosters, I'm like, I like a lot of guys. It's just it's tough. The West is so deep. I mean, you were talking about Evan's thoughts about the ceiling for the Thunder, and I think I heard you mention 50 games. I'm like. I didn't say anything at the time, but Denver, the number one seed, 153. Like, it is really hard to win a lot of games in the West. It is everybody. It's a fight every night. Um, and all of these three teams, I think, are improved, honestly, except for maybe Portland. So, and I think you improved on the assets just because you got assets to get with the assets they got in return for the Dame and the holiday trade. Um, yeah. Like, We'll rip through it quickly, but I think one to have the starting lineup that they have now is Scoot, Simons, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre yeah, like Ayton, it. and whatever they else they want to throw out the wing. I think it's a good five with Shaden Rob Sharp, Williams. Probably. Yeah, probably Shane Sharp. Great. Thank you for that. Uh, I needed that because I was blanking and I knew it was going to be a really good player. Um, that's a good starting five. It's a great young starting five. It's a, it's a starting five that will throw up a bunch of numbers and maybe – Aaron, another bet to look up is what's Aiton at, at most improved player. That's hmm. that's that's when we should be looking at. Because uh, even if the it, listen this Trailblazers team, I'm not expecting to make the play in. But if they're like teasing you a little bit, if they're teasing the play in a little bit, like they're somehow making that 11 seed, they get up that high. I would be shocked if like a, a non playoff team had it, the most improved player. Like that's kind of yeah. where I'm sitting on it right now because like. I think Aiton could totally do that. Let me look because nobody knows how to price this most improved player. Like the lowest odds is plus 750, which is pretty, pretty high still. Well, because most improved player, it's like taking a guess on when's the next shooting star coming. 
basically that's like what it feels like but yeah and that's i took my personal bet so far that i made is a, a flyer on zion williamson because i think if he's all of a sudden like an mvp candidate but he doesn't win mvp like he could win that's what we saw with jaw right um if he plays a full season maybe it's him i mean i've been scrolling and maybe i missed him but i don't see deandre Eaton listed anywhere uh which means if you find him on another place probably gonna be pretty high odds so if, you, if you're high on that you know throw a few bucks on it listen i'm telling Sharp, you his teammate and anthony simons are both in the top seven so he's competing against two other candidates at least as the, as the sports books see it and that's that might be the issue is the fact that deandre ayton will not be one of the guys bringing the ball up the court and so you might have to deal with the fact that that is the case. Um, yeah, his style of play isn't as sexy. I mean, you have to think about those things, too. Right. As much as it sucks, it's like the criteria for this award isn't necessarily cut and dry. <laughs> sure hell isn't. But that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, if the guy averages like 20 and 10 this year, I think we should be considering it. Like, at least 20. Yeah, no, I think he's going to put up stats, and Jeremy Grant can convince himself he's the number one guy again on a roster, which is really good for him. Maybe we're going to see an improved version. Um, But what I really like is this whole roster just kind of opens up the door for Scoot to kind of figure out what the best supporting cast is around him. And first, I guess, to figure out if he's the guy. But second, you know, what makes sense around his game? It's kind of like a living Petri dish for this season they're just kind of throw it out there see what sticks and test the water so we'll see i mean i don't think they're the worst team in the west i have them at 14 i have the spurs at 13 okay i have the spurs at 13 as well um person having the number one player i mean the number one pick and the quote-unquote best prospect since lebron james um i don't know if you watched the highlights last night the guy looked fucking great the guy looked like um he he looked insane um his that, defense is going to be crazy. I mean, he was going against, he was changing directions really smoothly with like a shooting guard, small forward type. And even if he's trailing behind him a bit, his recovery is going to be unreal because he can just lean over and his reach is going to block a shot every time. <laughs> you have to dunk it. You have to just go dunk it. Yes. You have to just securely put the ball in the basket every time. Or just like make sure you, whenever you're doing a layup, like your hand is touching the backboard whenever you're putting it off the glass. Like, you just can't run any risk of it. You're you're gonna get swatted. Uh, I'm I'm afraid for the health of both Wimbenyama and John Morant when the Grizzlies and the Spurs play each other when he's oh back my on the floor. God. Because the amount of dunk attempts that will happen, and it I don't know the result necessarily, but it's not going to be pretty. Well, think about it. What if like Ja does y- yam on him? You know, you know they're gonna make a switch. Like the Spurs are gonna switch it, and so that way, when Biyama, when Minyama can go right at Jaw, and he's gonna just stuff his nuts in his face without jumping off the floor. Like that's that's the thing. You're gonna see it both ways. I think. I mean, yet Wembenyama, Victor might just go dunk on Jaw at some point during that game. So I'd be interested in seeing that. And then we both have the Rockets at the end too. So, um, nothing really crazy there. My whole spiel with the Rockets is the fact that this team cannot score and so um yeah uh one thing we're gonna do real quick uh i will start here is the fact that next week uh so that's kind of our end of our tiers um pat and cat tier and then also our uh kellogg tier for the western conference um 
we're going to that next week is our over unders pod. Uh, we're going to bring on Adam and Austin Johnson and also my brother, Evan Sell, uh, to kind of just go over some of the over unders that we love for this entire season. Um, and so we're going to just run with it. Um, and then we're also going to kind of do like a summer recap for everyone. Just kind of go from there. Um, so that's it. Aaron's computer died, so it is just me right now. Um, but go Celtics, go Nuggets, go Thunder, maybe. I'm going to say go Thunder. Um, have a great rest of your week, guys. Bye.